And then old Boomy sits over here and look at it, it's just ridiculous. It's fine. I can't go down a little bit, at least. Oh, that's comfortable. Hello. Hello. We're back. It's been nine years since we made a podcast. Sorry. It's a bit of a funny term though, isn't it? It's like, you know, late Easter, as everyone says, bank holidays. Bank holidays and lots of Fridays off and other things to get ready and prep and... Yeah. Yeah, things that happen. Um, but we're back. And do you know what? I realised that I made... You know, I said uh, I made a little podcast last week yeah. that just said, like, hey, we've not yeah. been away. Um, I looked on the podcast distribution yeah. page. Yeah. It never went anywhere, so no one heard that last oh, year. So yeah. nobody knows what we're talking about oh, today. okay, right. Um, which, in some ways, is good. In some ways, I guess people can uh, go and look it up. So we're going to have a talk about... Uh, it's not necessarily a book review, I guess. It's like a concept review and okay. chat. Um, the book is uh, Essentialism. Uh, and by. I've also. Can you remember who it's by? I want to say Cal Newport. Okay. But that could be wrong. Okay. I'll look it up. But we have. Um, you've watched an interview I have. with the man. Um, and I've also read his other book, which has come out this year, which is Digital Minimalism, which is. Essentially the same thing. <laughs> Essentially the same thing. Yeah. But um, uh, very much applying to um, the digital world and technology. And um, I sort of thought it would be interesting in two parts. One, to talk about like general practice and how we like approach the world. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, I think it does tie in nicely to that debate that comes up very often where people say, oh, what technology do you use in your... Or Mm. or they pick a thing and they pick a tool rather than a use. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we'll come come back round to it. Um, It is Cal Newport. Memory, still working. 10 out of 10. Still got it. Yeah, can't put me in a home yet. Uh So, do you... you, uh, Before we recorded, you were about to um, go, this is what I thought. Uh, Yeah, so I just watched the video quite late last night. um, And uh, it was sort of the, I guess like an intro wasn't it yeah. to the concept yeah. of it and um, I guess yeah I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the book and in more detail because it just seems like real common sense I was just mm-hmm. like watching it kind of going well of course well of course well of course and I wonder whether I was thinking of course because um, of like my age and right. my job and therefore perhaps I think dev- maybe I'm already doing a bit okay. of what he's describing yeah. without thinking about it. But what I did find interesting was when he said, which you mentioned to me the other day, um, so the interviewer says, that the whole, the whole thing is like, don't take on too much, isn't it? It's like, it's, be, it's focused on what, or be focused on like one thing at a time that is really essential to you and be patient. So yeah. focus on one thing and be patient and wait for the right moment to do something. So he gave this example of like, I've got this book inside me that I really want to write, I really want to write this book. And I could have written it two years ago. If I'd done that, I would have screwed up my family, screwed up my other projects I had on the go. But even though I was really passionate about it and yeah. it was completely aligned with my life and what I wanted to do and my end goal, if I had done it straight away, um, yeah, I would have. it was like a key time of my kids growing up and my partner and all the rest of it. And they would have suffered. And they would have been like, yeah, go for it. Because I would have been like, I'm doing this great thing and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And everyone would have been pleased with me. But actually, the end result would not have been good. And so mm-hmm. I just waited for two years and then did it. And then that was the right time. Um, 
and then the interviewer says, well, how do you how do you say no to people when they come up with yeah. you and say, yeah. I've got this great project, I've got this great idea, and do you want to be on board? And it feels so great to say yes. How do you oh, yeah. how yeah. do you say no for the sake of your sanity, your family's sanity, and all the other projects that are important to you? And uh, and he didn't really answer it, but he did say. Um, you're forgetting in a way that you're actually saying no all the time. So every time you look at Facebook, um, look at social media, watch some crappy TV, you're saying no to loads of other things. Like there's mm -hmm. loads of options that you have available. Opportunity to cost, have, isn't it? Yeah, to yeah. spend your time. And you're going, no, 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 I'm going to do this thing. Um, and that was a, I thought that was a really helpful way of looking at it because a lot of the time you see it as a passive choice, yep. whereas actually it's an active choice to do yeah. that and you don't have to do it, even though it's easy, it's mm -hmm. still an active choice. Um, so I thought that would definitely stay with me next time maybe I was like, I've project, got this, new project. Yeah, or like I've got this time, I've got this evening, mm. how do I really want to spend it? Because the easy choice is to watch another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race or Queer Eye, <laughs> which is at the moment my chosen way to spend an evening after everyone's in bed. But, um, you know, I could be getting out those other projects which are burning in the back of my mind, mostly makey projects, yeah. which I know would make me happier in the long run. So I thought that was interesting. I think, um, uh, I know I can't remember uh, whether he mentions this in the interview or not, or whether it's part of his books. Um, but he does talk about um, this idea of having actually I'm going to use the metaphor that he has which is really nice so he talks about um, Amish communities in mm -hmm. America who um, he said the, the sort of stereotypical image is you know ploughed fields and straw hats and very backwards but he said if you actually go to a lot of these communities they are running diesel generators or solar powered or um, solar panels or um, printing presses and things that were invented after whatever their cut off is 1850 there's some date that the Amish picked that they were like right whatever um, and he talks about when someone invents a new technology or a new thing and I guess in this metaphor that's um, the equivalent of a TV show coming in and that, that choice coming to you of yeah. like hey Queer Eyes on Netflix um, and in the Amish community you get to use it for a little bit of time for say six months and then you have to present it to, it's got a name, but I can't remember. I'm going to call yeah, yeah. it the Guggenflubin. Like the Synod or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and it's five, I mean, it's Amish, so it's five very elderly men who serve for life. And there's, yeah. th there's other issues going on with that. But they, they review the technology or the choice mm -hmm. um, as it relates back to what they consider their key values and goals. Yep. So they analyse the technology in terms of, does this bring us closer to our families? Mm. Does this allow a greater happiness in our communities? Mm -hmm. And does this, whatever else. Mm. And I think that's the way that I quite like thinking about you know, options coming in. So yeah. when, when you sit down and you go, what shall I do or what shall I have here? Um, and you go, right, well, does, it might be that Queer Eye fully nourishes your soul and that means that mm. you like, are able to go and do something else. But to, to relate things back to, and it's a bit like we've talked about the business in, in a mm. wider sense of going, if you've got a goal and an idea for your, for your forest school and what you want it to look like, mm. and then looking at almost all the, the number of people that I speak to who have birthday parties as that idea of like a necessary evil. Mm. Um, and if you related it back to and go, what do you want from 
what do you want your forest school to sort of achieve? And it's, oh, I want it to achieve nature connection, or I want it to achieve um, more, better mental health for children, or I want mm-hmm. it to do that. And sort of bringing things back and going, do, do birthday parties, increase nature connection, or do, and I'm not mm. saying they should be the same goals for everybody. Mm. Um, and I think that's how I was thinking it ties very nicely into technology in forest school Mm -hmm. because rather than thinking of it as like I don't believe in smartphones I think they're horrendous Mm -hmm. you can you need to sort of see it as a tool and go is there is there a place for this smartphone to increase nature connection or to do whatever and weigh up all the benefits of it of like you can look stuff up you can you know take pictures with them you can do whatever and you weigh it up against the risks that it Mm. hampers your values of like it is a a very short focus screen it encourages shorter attention spans and weighing up all those pros and cons rather than just going like blanket yes blanket, blanket no. yes blanket yeah. no and then and that might be different for different children as well might yeah. it and different groups and working out well okay so the benefits that you want are the ability to look stuff up and the um say you want to look stuff up and you want a camera mm-hmm. okay there must be a way that you can set that tool up that it doesn't allow any other apps or it's not connected to something. Mm. You know, you can go, well, how do we mitigate the downsides and just have that essential, this moves me forwards or this yep. moves the group forwards. Yep. Um, and it also made me, so that's kind of the technology side of it. And it also made me think, going back to, um, because Forest School is child-led and in our setting, it's very we're very play-based. And I was thinking how being essential kind of relates back to a lot of how we plan and approach sessions mm-hmm. in my head because I was thinking, what do we consider to be the essential thing? Yeah. And so you, if I considered it essential that children <coughs> learn about lichen and could go home thinking that that, that you, know, um, you know, that they knew the types of lichen and where they grew. Mm-hmm you're going to end up with a very different session if you consider mental health to be the essential part mm. or if you consider their intrinsic motivation to be the mm. essential part. And so not saying that there should be an, the same essential thing for everybody, mm. but that everybody should know what is essential to them. Mm. Does that Yeah, Yeah, it follow? does. I think um, I was yesterday thinking about, I was making a kind of like wish list of um, new resources and equipment. And, um, I saw. I saw that. Yeah. Saw the list come through. Yeah. And then, um, and it kind of, that kind of applies well to that, doesn't it? So if you're thinking, you know, money is tight for everybody in forest school, probably. Um, so when you're thinking about whether to invest in a new piece of kit or not, is it going to be something that is absolutely brilliant and really makes a huge difference to um, groups or and to your value? And does it push exactly, your value further? Exactly. Or is, it or is it going to be something that's expensive and a waste of time and gets dusty in the back of the cabin and you think, oh, that was a shame. I wish I'd not bought that Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess that's quite a good checklist to go okay yeah well what why why do I want this and yeah does it I know and he talks about um uh in the uh he's involved in minimalism which is uh, sometimes confused with essentialism but I think they are different things Mm -hmm. um and Cal talks in some places about um things their mental load yeah. So, yeah. Um, but also, I guess in forest school, you could have physical load where you could look at your the kit that you take into schools with a real essentialist mindset and say, my values are that the children um, experience X, Y, and Z. 
and I'm sure most people could pare down the kit they take mm. by 50%. I may well get kicked out of the Hoarders Facebook group for mm. this to say that we, we need yeah. less things, but... Um, fewer things. Fewer things that do more, perhaps, or, yeah. that, or yeah. that are yeah. Yeah. more directly related to our values. Um, and thinking that, okay, it might be... There might, I, so there's lots of people who, when they hear that we've got a, our own woodland that we own, go, I would love that. I would love to have my own site. But they don't equate it to the mental load of ownership and fear that it will be damaged and all those other things. Um, and the mental load of maintaining woodland. And, and the mm. same with equipment. You go, oh, it, um, is that um, deck of, I don't know, bird identifying playing cards, mm. does, that out, does the value of that outweigh your mental load and time to maintain that resource, the weight that it takes up in your box. Ooh, see, now your KonMari is like well, I guess it's, they with are, this. Yeah. But, it's not, but, yeah. th- but this is more to do with utility towards your goals yeah. than sparking joy. Yeah. Because uh, uh, there are things, I would say, if it's utility towards your goals, the only things that spark joy are things that you go, um, this makes me happier and so I can do a longer session. Yeah. If you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a comfort for me. Um, that make, that allows me to. Do you know? I'm sort of. Yeah, I think there, I think there can be stuff that sparks joy in terms of like it sparks play in mm-hmm. a really. Um, but fun that's way. because play is our one of yeah. our sort of strong values. You might have some settings where they go. The idea of sparking play is not necessarily my main goal because I'm yeah. in a school that has to be curriculum linked, and yeah. so sparking free play isn't essential. Yeah to my practice yeah do you know what I mean yeah 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 um, I do and I think it was a, a I was wondering whether it was a I've been sort of chewing over in my mind this idea of would is it an accurate statement to say all forest school leaders should be essentialists and I wondered whether you had thoughts on that um are you talking about like stuff or are you talking about a way of like ma- of like spending your time? I think if we if I refer to it if I'm thinking of it in the context of planning and delivering sessions and reflecting on sessions, yeah. Whether essentialism, like you were saying, because of the job that you're in, yeah. you have sort of accidentally yeah. felt like you're doing essentialism. Yeah. Whether essentialism is something that all forest can, you know, should. Yeah. If you were making a level three course, mm. would you talk to people about essentialism in terms of planning? Um, yeah, I think I probably would, but I don't know if I'd use that term. Okay. But I think that um, in conversations we've had with um, our colleagues when they've been like um, taking on new things or kind of coming and saying, oh, I've got this issue, and whenever we help like talk with them through yeah. an issue, I'm just now thinking actually it usually does come back to essentialism, it's usually the answer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the discussions on Facebook support groups. Well, yeah, it's it's about uh, it's very hard, especially with forest school working by yourself, as we always talk about. Like mm-hmm. most people work by themselves, it can be a very lonely job, and you can get very focused on a very small thing, issue, problem, yeah. um, and it's harder to step back and see the bigger picture and the end goal without somebody to bounce that idea back yeah. from all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think probably you and I are it's I'm really interested that you are so into essentialism because mm-hmm. uh, you and I share a character trait which is uh, being impatient and oh, like yeah. taking on loads of stuff so it's yeah. very healthy I think for us both to like talk about it um, but 
it's helpful for you know if, if one of us comes and says got this great idea we're going to do this thing and we're going to like buy this thing and and uh, I'm going to take on this new project then the other one can go but why yeah. <laughs> what, what's yeah. the end goal yeah. what's the end result um, and I guess giving a name to it and we're our own cynic of yeah, coming yeah, and yeah. saying okay well how yeah. does this push forwards yeah. our values yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah I guess yeah and I guess being aware of it as an actual theory and giving it a name yeah. makes it easier to access then in future yeah. to go well so uh, Cal recommends putting um, your values somewhere very visible so he says in the front of a mm. um, I mean it's very tactile in terms of writing but he says have your values written on the first page of a moleskin notebook that you mm. take everywhere with you yeah. so that you can keep referring back to things and, and it's always the page that you open and check in with first and yeah. go these are my things yeah. um, I was thinking as you were, as you were saying then how much um, when, when you're thinking about talking to other practitioners how much essentialism would help um, oh I mean I'm going to get very capitalist here but it would help branding mm. because reviewing your the things that you take on in terms of does this help does, does this align with my values? Is it essential to the mm. to the values and sessions and life that I want to have? Um, frees you from going. I've got to push my toddler group and my home ed group and my birthday parties and my whatever else mm. and my whatever else and, and narrowing it down to what is the value? The value. I mean, you might still do all those groups, but if the value is, um, I'm saying play because that's what we mm. do. You can share that your value is play. And then let people, ex- and then when people go, oh, I, I'm really interested in their play value, mm. then they find you've got a toddler group and you've got a home ed group mm. and you do birthday parties. But you've only had to push one thing. Mm. Rather than saying, um, if you come to me for a birthday party, my values are this. And if you come to me for a toddler group, my values are this. And, mm. and almost putting on all these different hats to try and please all these different people and different yeah. demographics rather than going... It's, uh, it's, um, it is hard though, sorry oh, to yeah. jump in. No, no, I, in terms I of like that. finances, isn't yeah. it? It's oh yeah, like, 100%. So, you know, the endless conversation, and we had it on Sunday with um, somebody about um, about schools, you know, you go, with, you go into schools and it's really hard because there's so many compromises you have to make and it challenges your values and you can't um, necessarily stick to your values really truly. Rigidly. But then if you look at a different kind of value you go well also my value is to give access to as many children as possible um, from whatever background and school is really the only place where you're going to be able to do that because in other, every other setting you're going to have to pay so either school yeah. or preschool kindergarten, we do um, so how do you how do you marry that those are two conf- almost conflicting values in the circumstance of that school um, mm-hmm. so it's it by no means easy yeah. and I think hopefully have a, taking on maybe having the idea of essentialism in your head is is then something that encourages you to have those discussions if you work on your own mm. to have those discussions internally and say you know what is the essential thing to me is the essential thing access at all costs or is the essential thing the high you know the the style that i believe it to be and i think that is yeah that's sometimes what i find when I'm talking to people is they haven't quite nailed down mm. in their own heads mm-hmm. what what is essential to them and their practice and so well I say we it's taken us a long time oh yeah and I still don't think with that and yeah. I think it will change like like um you were saying Carol was talking about his 
book not being the right time, mm. what is essential to you and I now, with me having, well, soon to be two very young children and your children starting school, in five years' time, mm. um, uh, what is essential to our personal lives will be different. Yes. And that will affect what, what will be essential to the business and will, you know, but being in touch with that and being able to call things back and saying, yeah. it's a bit like we've talked before. Um, uh, so I listen to um, a podcast called Cortex, which is like a business and productivity one. And they talk about having year themes that you relate things back to. So um, there's a chap, the guy on there, CGP Gray, and he had the year of less and then he had the year of less me, so he was offloading lots of things, and the year of um, organisation, so he was... And, and having... That is essentially... I said, oh, God. <laughs> that is essentialism, because he was picking one value and yeah. saying, for a period of time, I'm going to just relate everything back against this yeah. criteria that's important to me, yeah. rather than relating everything to all the possible criteria um, and doing everything else. Yeah. Um, and I think that was quite interesting. Um, yeah, so I think it, it it did kind of as as a collection of work. He's also got a book on time management that I would be quite interested to read. Um, but it's definitely made me think a little bit more. You know, people talk about on the business rather than in the business. Mm. It's made me think about. It's maybe helped me get into that higher plane of looking down at the business and mm. going how does this relate yeah. to what my values are at the moment yeah um, and I think it's um, very helpful for mental health because it's going to encourage you to be in the moment a lot more isn't it because um, I think I'm guilty of when I'm not working either here or on like admin because when you run your own business there's just like admin just all the time yeah. isn't there and it's like messages come in and yeah. there's always something to be doing and so if I'm at home with my kids and I'm not doing like cooking, putting them to bed, doing admin on the business, I'm just free basically to play with them. I don't often see that as a, as a proactive choice. Mm -hmm. I often see that as like, oh, I, sh I probably should be doing something. It's like, no, you are doing something. Yeah. You are doing something. Yeah. That, the thing you're doing is really important. In fact, it's probably the most important thing. And well, because that's back, your value. Yeah, because the va yeah. So I've done the similar thing where I've, been like dumbing down my phone and setting limits on it and putting it in grayscale and all things that I realised that I was um, like every time you get out your phone to look at Facebook you are like you said right at the start making a choice of what you're doing and sort of I found myself getting my phone pulling it out while I was with like playing with my mm. son and going is this is getting my phone out right now improving the value that I ha that I hold inside, you know, that yeah. I go. Uh, spending time with my son is important to me. Okay, is getting my phone out right now mm. improving, uh, you know, aiding that value? No. No. Okay, yeah. it's not. So I'm going to put it away now. And then, and there will be a time later when I go. But, and yeah. I've been surprised at how much you can um, block things into. You know, you know, like well, like you say, admin does mm. feel like it comes in all the time. I've been timing myself mm -hmm. and div and doing. Um, saying half an hour is what I'm allowed to do all my Facebook admin all the email admin and planning yeah. I've not hit half an hour yet mm, now I've not I've not nailed down everything because yeah. there's been some things that I've looked at and gone that's going to take more than half an hour yeah. and so I need to set more yeah. time aside for that yeah. um, but I would be interested to see 
how did the time compare, you know, to getting my phone out every half an hour and going, oh, there's an email, I'll reply to that now, and all this. Mm. Do all those bits add up to the same amount of time as 20 minutes? Mm. And even if they do, how does that change the fact that I was very present for the entire day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then was able to go, I've done yeah. it now. Exactly. Mental Much load. to do it in a block. Blocked yeah. off. I liked his idea of a buffer as well. Oh, um, yes. We should probably That's stop talking good. in a minute because it's kind of getting quite long. And I, also, I need a wee. But, oh. um, <laughs> and people um, are going to be here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but the I just like that, nice. that idea of yeah. the buffer. So you might go, oh, I'm really, which I also do. Like, um, And we also talk about this quite often. I go, oh, do you know what? Everything's just ticking along really nicely right now. I feel like I just go to work and then I come home and I cook the tea and I spend my time with my kids. And I don't do anything else. And I really need another project. I need a hobby. Like, I need to get out there and like join a choir or do something. Blah, 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 blah. And um, and just when I'm about to like go and actively search for this thing, this mythical mm. hobby, um, something happens, and therefore there's suddenly loads more work to do, whether it be family-wise or business-wise or um, whatever. Um, and then you're like, crikey, how on earth did I think I had time for like another mm-hmm. project? Yeah. Um, and so he talks about just that buffer every day, like in, like and equates it to finances. So if you know you've got a grand in the bank then as a buffer then you feel much more relaxed about and and choosy about what you mm-hmm. spend your money on um where and you can do it with time so yeah. you've got to have a buffer every day or every week or whatever because stuff happens yeah. out of the blue yeah. and i thought that was very healthy well i think it was it uh it might have been in the interview again it might have been in his book where he's talking about things never take the time that you think and things never cost the yeah, money that you think it's three times and so yeah. it, well I've heard people say different amounts of, yeah. I the, the biggest parallel I think is um, having kids yeah. and when you go to, like so from us from my house um, Taunton is half an hour away yeah. right I've not I've never with my son managed to leave the house and be in Taunton in half an hour yeah. because it takes time to put him in the seat because it takes you know yeah, then there's yeah. a mm-hmm. bit of roadworks and then Oh, then we need to stop because he needs to. We need to get some food on the way, or oh, I needed to change him because he went to the toilet. And just if you, so uh, somebody said once, I watched a video on why people are late, um, and they said if Google Maps says that your commute is twenty minutes away mm. and you leave twenty minutes before you need to get there, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that thing, isn't it? Yeah. Of like, we look at Google Maps and we go, that says twenty minutes. I better leave half an hour. Yeah. But we don't go. My day is planned to 18 hours because oh, no mm. 16 hours and i'm going to sleep for eight mm. and then you go well i'm going to fill 16 hours no 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 fill fill 10 and then if, yeah. if you don't fill those other six yeah um you he talks about high quality leisure yeah. quite a lot yeah and saying that actually you are happier if you make the, you know how much time does your brain get to have its own thoughts or to mm. work with your hands and yeah um but anyway, that's a, that's that's a different it, I, topic. Yeah, I would just relate that back to forest school very quickly and say that you're planning having oh, a yeah. buffer. You know, so oh, my God. It's one, yeah, one yeah. thing that you think is going to be like a little 10-minute... Firelighting is always activity. the one I find. Oh, yeah. Firelighting. Some oh, days you suggest God. it, that's the rest. Of, that could be yeah. a six-hour day gone yeah. on firelighting. Yeah. And then sometimes you get a group that, that go, we've all... Even if yeah. they might not even light a fire, they go, nah, yeah. and then go. And if you've buffered it out either way of yeah. like I've not planned yeah. I've got no ideas in my head yeah uh, you know yeah. okay cool you haven't got that thousand pounds you're just ready spend. you're ready um, to accept that nothing else will get done that's the thing it's not like oh yeah. crikey I've got to do this first step in this project so that we can do the next step yeah. next week don't plan that for a fire lighting day 
um, yeah. but conversely have other stuff. That's well, that's quite an interesting thing. Um, you're saying you're ready, and I'll, I thought you were going to say you're ready to teach exactly that lesson, that session plan, and nothing else. Right. Which I think is true of people when they start. They plan a session and they go, I'm ready for that session. I'm ready yeah. for those five activities. Whereas I think the longer you do forest school and the more buffer you build up, the more you go, I'm ready for these five. Or I'm ready for one. Or I'm ready for 15. Or I'm ready yeah. for, you know, having that mental buffer and time buffer. Yeah. Do you want to go and do a wee? Yes, please. Okay, right. Um, Thanks. Yeah, we'll leave that there because it is getting a bit yeah. long. But it was good to be back. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.